This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. Glad you're listening to us. Uh, And make sure you uh, subscribe to the feed because we love having you on board. And uh, it's always game day in Cleveland feed. So simple to get to. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can always find us at game day CLE. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Rookie minicamp. First chance to see guys like David Bell, um, uh, Jerome Ford. I mean, it was kind of a, it was an interesting first weekend for the rookies. Uh, Perry and Winfrey also not afraid to talk. And then uh, a couple of names popping out, especially a quarterback that ended up getting signed. What was your big takeaway from uh, rookie minicamp? Well, my biggest takeaway was the one guy that I wanted to see I didn't get to see, and that was Cade York. I, I wanted to see him mm. kick some field goals. Fun story. Um, they put in a new heating and drainage system, and with that comes uh, brand-new fields on top of it uh, out in Berea. So there wasn't anywhere for him to kick footballs because all the uprights were down. <laughs> They had to take all the goalposts down to put in the new fields. And then, obviously, you know, the fields are still coming in. So, Cade went down to First Energy Stadium to get his work in and to kick. And uh, he also, uh, leading up to rookie minicamp, uh, visited with Phil Dawson uh, for about 40 minutes uh, on the phone to kind of get the – Yeah, to, to get the 411 on just, you know, what it's like to kick in Cleveland, kick at First Energy Stadium, what to look for. You know, what uh, Phil so successful in his time here uh, and, and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, the one guy that I really wanted to see and I was planning on sending out video of every single kick because I think nothing gets Browns fans more excited on Twitter than either Deshaun Watson blocking me or me posting kicker video. Kicker video, always a hit on Twitter. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I was unable. We were talking about, you know, you go in wanting to get something done. You just want to get. Uh, I actually left rookie minicamp feeling like I didn't accomplish what I set out to accomplish. And that was just to post an obnoxious amount of Cade York kicking video. So uh, maybe uh, OTAs. Uh, or the veteran minicamp in June, I hope to have a ridiculous amount of Cade York video content for you on Twitter. 
Daryl, does that uh, make you like uh, need to go home and drink a beer? Does that make you uh, really feel like you failed as a human being by not being able to get kicker video? Well, I don't want to go as far as being a failure as a human being. That's a little harsh coming from you, Andy. But, um, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure you're okay. No, because yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> an alcoholic beverage may have been consumed Friday night I, in the comfort of my own home. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I think that that is, uh, you know, fair to say. And uh, I, 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 I just I kind of felt like I, my audience was let down. You know what I mean? Like, they expect that of yeah. me, and I was unable to deliver. But uh, in, in all seriousness, um, you know, <laughs> the, you can't read a lot into rookie uh, minicamp, and, and I wrote about this a little bit uh, on Friday, just because rookie minicamp is a little different under Kevin Stefanski than I'm used to. First of all, there are only 27 guys there, okay? that That's number one, all right? right. You had nine draft picks, 13 undrafted free agents, three tryout players, and then two members uh, of the active roster were participating. So it wasn't like there was 50 guys at this thing where you could have offense and go against defense and, and things like that. Um, so that that's a little different. I, I liken it to a f- watching a football camp, which I get, well, it's called a mini camp, right? So, well, it looked like a mini camp in, in some, in, in that respect, right? A lot of one-on-one right. time co- position coaches with players, a lot of teaching going on. And again, um, I've seen that over the years with coaching staffs, but I would say the last two years with Kevin Stefanski, his staff very super hands-on with these young players, which is kind of cool to see, to, to watch these coaches legitimately teach the young kids, uh, these rookies, you know, uh, intricacies of the game. So that's kind of fun to watch. But other than that, there's not a lot of insight, not a lot of analysis, not a lot of breakdown uh, you can have when you're when it's that type uh, of practice. Uh, I, I'll say David Bell, quality first impression. Uh, I remember a year ago, you know, Anthony Schwartz uh, got off to a little bit of a rough start. Uh, a couple of footballs hit hit the ground in, in practice, which uh, you know it caught a uh, so, you know caught our attention a little bit, considering he's a draft pick. Uh, David Bell, uh, hands like glue, caught everything thrown to him. So um, uh, it was good to see that. Uh, but, yeah, just not a lot to, uh, I guess, break down or take away or, or feel like that, uh, you know, a, a certain player stood out just because, again, the environment was more about teaching uh, rather than uh, competition between, uh, you know, skill positions. There are a couple of little storylines out of uh, out of minicamp. I know I had my eye on because he's a Heights guy and because I've known the family forever. But uh, Malik Smith, um, brother of Tyreek Smith, who got drafted by Seattle, who was a you know uh, who started at Ohio State as a defensive end, and he uh, he is a tryout, but he never played football before. He's a basketball player. He was at UNC Asheville, um, and his brother kept telling him. Tyreek would tell Malik, hey, you should play football, you should play football. Well, he didn't, and then um, he he went to Ohio State's workout, and then the Browns asked him to come to rookie minicamp. Uh, Terry Pluto had a follow-up on him in the paper the other day just saying, you know, hey, um, he, actually in his head, in his headline it was pretty funny. It was like, how do you wear a helmet? Because Malik hadn't wore, wore a helmet since fifth grade. Right. So they asked him about, you know, what size pads do you wear, and he has, like, no idea. Um, I do think this is a great story if the, if 
one day, three years from now, this guy's playing in the NFL somewhere um, because someone wants to take a chance on him or he ends up in, you know, in another league and learns how to play the game a little bit more or just tries to find something else. But, I mean, he's 6'4", 267. Um, and, you know, he's just he's just hoping for anything he can. I just think, it, like, that story to me is just kind of fun and I, it's on a personal level. But the other story I thought was Felix Harper, the quarterback out of Alcorn State, um, that they brought in as an invitee and, and now he's got a chance – uh, they, they signed him after this weekend to let him go, and they were saying that his arm is phenomenal. And when you take Baker Mayfield out of the mix, I mean, if Harper's here and Dobbs is here, by the way, you need five quarterbacks for camp, don't you? Four or five quarterbacks for camp, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, they. Would they, you agree? They, yeah, I mean, they they also had uh, Jake Fromm over the weekend. Oh, that's right. They, yeah, I mean, they needed people to throw footballs, so he'll. He's destined to potentially be a, a, a practice squad guy, um, but well, that's pretty good because he didn't have a job two weeks ago, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I I'm not trying yeah. to downplay it, but I mean, let's yeah. it, let's just kind of be realistic. Let's not get all excited that they you know found the next Tom Brady here. Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson's the number one. Uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett's number two. Josh Dobbs is number three. Uh, Harper is now uh, number four, and Baker Mayfield's number five. So that that's the depth chart uh, at the position. You know, it was interesting. There's another there's another uh, basketball player turned tight end that's here too, Marcus uh, Santos Silva, um, and he's a, he's another uh, guy that hasn't played football in a long time. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, played college basketball at Texas Tech. Is you know making the conversion. Another big dude, hard to miss as well, 6'6", uh, over 260. Um, and, you know, Kevin Stefanski talked about why uh, they like those type of guys and, and how, you know, the basketball uh, rim protection and, and, you know, going after uh, basketballs really applies and translates on the football field and whatnot and what they look for. As far as guys that have that potential to convert, it's it's not something that's foreign. It is unique. Let's you know not downplay that aspect of it. But we have seen it, uh, you know, happen regularly uh, uh, where uh, you you have basketball players convert to football. So he's another guy that uh, when we get to training camp, that I think Browns fans are going to want to really pay attention to. The Colts were looking at him. The Ravens uh, were lo- were going to look at him. He ended up signing with the Browns because well they they offered him a contract. Uh, after his tryout and he didn't want to risk going to these other tryouts and going through these mini camps or whatever and not getting not getting any offers so um, Marcus Santos Silva keep an eye on him in training camp too and then they also have Zaire Mitchell Payton also on the I mean they still I mean, I'm just looking at our lads they still have seven tight ends listed I, and I wonder how much Kevin's going to – I wonder what the tight end impact will be next year, and I wonder if Kevin rethinks what he has. Although I, I still think – and maybe we'll leave everybody with this on this thought – that David Njoku is probably your second most confident receiver outside of a running back, right, going into next season right now. I mean, if you had to throw the ball to a guy that was on the field, Amari Cooper would be your number one target. And then I just feel like the, the wide receiving core is just a mishmash. You know, it's Donovan Peoples-Jones, it's Anthony Schwartz. It's, 
you know, I, I, I don't know if you're talking about a confidence level. And, and maybe let, let me circle back to the beginning of what we were talking about. Do you think they need to go out and get a free agent? Wide receiver, I do, but I don't think they're going to. Well, that's the thing. Do I think they need to? Sure. Are they going to? No. They've got uh, you got Cooper, four draft picks plus Jakeem Grant. Uh, quick math, I believe that adds up to six, and that's usually how many receivers they keep at the position. And then let's not forget the uh, you know the the Swiss Army knife. There is he a running back? Is he a receiver? Demetri Felton, their sixth round pick from a year ago. Um, so yeah, I mean they're 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 set at the position. Now it's going to be a, a matter of them you know, figuring out you know, who can do what, who fits into what role, obviously outside of Amari Cooper. Um, I, and I, I really feel like that they have told us how they feel about Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I, I think we are more concerned about that position group, Andy, than the Browns are. I, I, I honestly believe that because I think if Andrew Berry felt like they absolutely had to have a veteran to add to this group, he'd go out and do it, but he's not doing that. So uh, I just, I think, and I, I understand the conversation, but I'm just also trying to keep it real for people. Like they're telling you how they feel about their receiver group. You know, Amari's the number one. They drafted David Bell in the third round. He, I think, by the end of the season, could ultimately end up being the, the number two receiver. They love right. Anthony Schwartz. They love DPJ. Uh, Michael Woods is going to get a crack at this thing. Uh, maybe Jakeem Grant, who's a primarily a returner, but maybe he gets a, a look on offense as well a little bit. Obviously, they don't want to wear him out, but no. maybe he gets a little bit. So the numbers, like the numbers, just don't add up for them to be bringing in another veteran. And, and again, going back to the Jarvis Landry conversation that we had earlier in this podcast, like the, the writing was on the wall. So sometimes you just have to believe what they're trying to tell you. And so when it comes to the receiver position, I think they feel a lot better about it than we do. And obviously. <laughs> Andrew Berry been doing this a little longer than we have. Uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski has the job for a reason. So just, I think sometimes you just have to trust in their evaluation. Now, if we go through the season and they aren't getting the production that they need at, the, you know, at that position, then guess what we're going to be talking about all through the season and all through next offseason. They should have gone yep. out and brought in another veteran. But right now, with the investment in draft picks that they have, four guys in three years, plus Amari Cooper, plus Jakeem Grant, plus Demetric Felton. Uh, Andrew Berry's sitting there thinking, I'm good. We, we've, we've got the guys. This is who we're going to go with. Let's give these young kids an opportunity to make an impact. And we got one guy that we're paying them him a ton of money. Keep in mind, they're paying Amari Cooper $6 million more than they paid Odell Beckham Jr., or that they paid Jarvis Landry because Jarvis and Odell were in that $14 million and change range uh, from a salary standpoint. So between them, that's $28 million. Um, that's a lot of money for two players. So now they're paying Amari the 20 okay, and you've got DPJ, Schwartzy, David Bell, Michael Woods on these rookie-level contracts as third, sixth-round picks, that are very, very team-friendly. So 
Yeah. Sometimes you just have to believe the Browns when they're trying to tell you something. And in the case of the receivers, Andrew Berry's been telling us for weeks now, we're good. I hear you. And I think you're right. And it's just, I, we sit here and talk about it for four hours a day, how we think they're going to, or what wide receiver we'd like to see them bring in. I just don't see it happen. Daryl, as always, it's been a blast. Uh, let folks know we normally drop on Mondays and Thursdays, but if something happens, you know we'll do an instant podcast right away, especially when there's uh, major breaking news. We will have one there for you. And, um, you know, sometimes things change, like last week with um, the schedule game. You know, we pushed over to Friday. So hang tight, and the easiest way to stay on board is to let the podcast come to you. And how do you do that? You just subscribe to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. For Daryl Ryder, Meredith Kane, our awesome producer, I'm Andy Baskin. Again, remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's always game day in Cleveland.